Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better ahead of the weekend at Chester and Ascot and even a little bit of Haydock too. No Lingfield due to the weather, we will get to that in due course, but I am joined as always by Tony Calvin and Dan Barber and we have subbed out Kevin Blake once again because we prefer Brendan Duke. Brendan, how are you? Uh, good, good, good form, Vanessa. Uh, weather fierce, changeable here. We had a, a, a storm of hailstones hail about a half an hour ago, but uh, I, I, I'm safely tucked up in my box room, so it's fine. Love it, love it. It's very changeable here, as it has been up at Chester TC. But give us the weather weather forecast for the race cards we're going to be previewing. What can we look forward to? How much rain is in the air? Uh, right, Chester. Uh, work on the basis of soft time suggests it was heavy on Wednesday but spoke to Ryan Moore this morning recording this on Thursday and he said it rode soft so make of that what you will no more rain is no more appreciable rains forecast there where else we got Haydock uh, hurdles course is good to soft good in places a uh, bit of rain around there today but nothing nothing major so maybe good to soft stroke good there uh, Ascot is a mixture of soft and heavy. Now, I don't. I live about half an hour away, and I I think Ascot would have been off if they got what I got on Wednesday night. It was torrential here for a couple of hours, but they missed it totally. There's a bit more rain around today. If you look at the BHA site, they reckon there's a 40% chance Ascot might get 12 mil on uh, Thursday, but that doesn't bear com- uh, comparison with any of the sites I use. So maybe soft at Haydock. Where else we got? Lingfields or weather, but we're not doing that, obviously. Where else we got? That's it, isn't it? That's it. That's it, pal. Yeah. Right. So we will kick off, shall we, on Friday's card, uh, covering the ITV races as always. And so they kick off with the 130 at Chester on Friday. And it's a very competitive, open-looking handicap, as you would expect, really, uh, for the prize money. And up at Chester on a day like this, it's class two. It's over the seven and a half furlongs. And Boardman is your four to one favourite for the Tim Easterby team currently. Revich is in there at two at nine to two for Richard Spencer's yard. Croupier in there for Simon and Ed Crisford at five to one. Those are just the top three in the market. Um, TC, I'll start with you here for this race. Is this the market that you were expecting? Is any horses jumping out at you at a price? Uh, no, pretty much expected. We've lost Street Kid, who was one of the uh, pace angles, but we've still got five in here. Uh, the early money's been for Wob 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 and Boardman. Wob 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 is the obvious one from Stall One. Um, so he might get the run of the race. The, the four others that don't like to go forward are, are drawn much wider. Uh, Boardman's the obvious one. The early nights two was taken with the sports look now into fours. Uh, that could be the bene- beneficiary of a, of a pace melt- meltdown. And anybody who saw that that horse's run last time at, at Haydock, you know, he wasn't overly busy there, wasn't given a very enterprising ride so you can see that dual course winner never been beaten over four and a half lengths in five starts there so yeah if he gets the run of the race you can see Boardman going well off a falling handicap I thought Red Mirage was interesting last year's winner he would like it to dry out but if it does on his first start for John Quinn he's, he's interesting just on the reappearance record alone he's he's never been beaten on a seasonal comeback and um it's just the ground might be a question mark for for that one but yeah, I, I think Boardman is 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 very solid at fours, and like I said, I think the pace angle might uh, might play into his favour and his his handicap to win. But 
Okay. Dan, do you have an, an alternative way in, away from the favourite? Uh, I think if you play in the race, you need to keep on side. There's just, there's just no... They're not really a hole in him, is they? Good Chester record, only a pound higher than when he won there last year. He's he's warmed up nicely. He's had a spin the other day, and that's two or three runs back this year. He just looks like he's really finding his form, and I guess this might have been the plan all along. But won at twice the price, so I can see being a f- very effective around here. And Tony mentioned the significant absence of a potential rival for the lead is Guido, who's just a just a really likable horse who keeps improving. Now, on the face, it was beating on Merritt at Haydock last time, but he's never run here, and he could just be a perfect Chester horse for me because they're riding more forcefully nowadays. He's in eight, and the one who I had down TC as a potential rival for the lead now, in the absence of the other one, is is drawn in 13. So I thought he might be able to get out if Paul Mulrennan's positive and get him across to the rail, but he just looks a very likely type for Chester and we've seen how effective he is around Musselburgh which is the other way around in configuration but also a very sharp track that favours um, pace yeah just very quickly my pace I've got I've got one one, one in one Revich in six Guido in eight Red Mirage question mark in ten and Percy's lad in thirteen Guido out of eight is currently eight to one as well over to you Brendan any horses that haven't already been mentioned caught your eye yes this Bayon, Vanessa. Bayon. Uh, this mare takes yep. a lot of boxes. Yes, indeed she does. She's been to Chester four times, two wins, a second, and a close fifth. She's a fine record off a break, ground versatile. She is drawn wide, but as the lads have mentioned, there's plenty of pace signed on here. She was going to be held up anyway, and I think I prefer, it, albeit with the uh, obvious, uh, one of the obvious front runners out. I still think it's going to be running at a good pace, and I, 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 I like the deep stretch closer here. Little American reference there for you. Uh, <laughs> she's she she's never she's never won off a mark this high. But her last win at, at this tra- track uh, came off uh, eighty five. She's three pound higher here, and she beat that Yana for that day, who went and won its next two. She's a six year old, but she's only had seventeen starts, so she's not totally exposed. And the yards runners are generally going well. So um, I just ticked a lot of boxes there, and at seven to one, she seems a fair price to me. What just a quick no. Wife, sorry. What politician's no. wife is called Fion? What? What politician's wife is called for Fion? Uh, oh, Jacob Breesbach. William Haig. Ah. There you go. Look at uh, that. Do you want to think about Chester that they'd, uh, this may be old news by the time, but on um, today's cards, we record on Thursday, they said that they'd moved the rail inwards so there was fresh ground on the inside. So it may indeed mean that those low draws are even more of an advantage. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's move on to the 205, up to the 10.5 furlongs, another class two handicap, and Savvy Victory is your 130 favourite. Ryan Moore booked for the ride and is out of stall one, but elsewhere, further down the betting at 11 to 2 is Pride of America. And I think, TC, am I over to you for this horse? Is this your selection? Yeah, I, look, my column's already up for Friday, um, so the price has gone a little bit. It was it was seven to one and fifteen to two across the board. I've never seen a better setup for a horse this week, really, at Chester. Uh, as far as I can see, the sole pace in the race, um, one on its only start here, um, coming off the back of a it was an okay running listed company in France last time, but I think a mile four in testing grounds uh, stretched his stamina. Coming back in trips are, are positive. Like I said, I can't see any other pace angle here. 
very well handicapped on his on his Kemp to win in January. And the ice in the cake is hopefully um, he's had a wind up uh, since his last French run. Now, it's a little bit worrying. He's had three wind ups now, but he's won on his first start back after his first two breathing tweaks. So uh, and he and he loves testing ground. He's got form on, on better ground if it does dry out for some reason. Uh, yeah, I thought he was absolutely rock solid. I've had a, I've had a, I've had a fair old go at sevens and fifteen to two. I want to know a little angle in with him, which may or may not interest you. You were in America last week, <laughs> yes, and I was the pride of America. No, um, I was just going to say that he's had those kind of long gaps in his career, and I think I'm right in saying that he goes away for a bit of a holiday and a freshen up, and then he's obviously got this good comeback record. So. Um, he sort of comes back a bit of a revitalised horse. Works well for the the system. Works well for them anyway. Amy uh, Amy Murphy comes across as a bit of a posh bird. She must be one of your mates, is she? That is so like judgmental and stereotypical. The answer yes. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm it friends, like on yes. both counts actually. <laughs> I am friends with everyone from whatever background. TC, come on now. Um, Dan Barber, case been made for Pride of America, but I'm not expecting to land on the same horse as TC because you never tend to. So come on, take it away. No, I've just unfurled the stars and stripes. I'm with you. Oh, uh, what? I, I, I thought you were going to say something else there. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no unfurling required. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, Jesus. I mean, I, I go back to what what he did at Chester on the previous visit. I mean, he's very simple. Tony's outlined the case. Don't need to flesh it out anymore. Free going, front running horse who got so far clear when he ran here last that he just didn't come back. And I remember what he was doing at Kempton where he's about 20 lengths clear at halfway and didn't come back either. So, on the back of that wind, that's nothing, Tony. You, but you put Courtmaster up. He'd had about 15 wind ups. So three is actually being of sound wind, I think, Pride of America, relatively. And in a roundabout okay, way, I'm with you. He runs a bit better than that one. But he did run all right for a long way. For a yeah, four. he did. Okay. All right. Two, <laughs> votes breathing for Pride of, two votes for Pride of America. Um, Brendan, are you going to make it three? Surely not. Not going to make it three. I like that. So, 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 so you're like that Kipling poem. You can walk with kings without losing the common touch, Vanessa. I'm delighted to hear that. But uh, so I well uh, read Brendan. You're so uh, well read, Brendan. Just marry me now. You're just perfect. A, a, a theme of uh, my tipping is going to be tipping the fabs, but I found it very difficult to get away from this savvy victory whose rating okay. improved a stone last season. Stakes company was a bit much for him, granted, but like he ran in some hot handicaps and he, he ran he ran well basically every time he ran in them. Promising comeback in a listed race in Kempton when he, he didn't have much luck in running. I think he'd probably have been second. He got three pounds for that, which isn't ideal going back into a handicap but he could have a class edge here the lads have made a good case for their horses but generally I thought the opposition had a lot of questions to answer here and I, I just think this horse is sure to run well and he's a worthy fav all right well I'm going to stick with you then for the Huxley sakes which is where we go next up to group two company same trip though ten and a half furlongs and Port Lonsdale is your five to four favorite for Aidan O'Brien having won the alleged stakes on his seasonal reappearance Mushtabar is next in the betting at seven to two for William Haggis. And then Fox in, he's off the back of it. Well, he's obviously seasonal reappearance. And then Fox's tails is back on the turf, having won on the all weather. When we last saw him, he is four to one. Poker facing there at sixes. Royal 
Gamens and Lafayette in there at 14 to 1, currently is the outsider of this gang. And Brendan, it's over to you because if your betting is all about the favourites and you're over there in Ireland, surely you're not abandoning Port Lonsdale at 5 to 4. Can't abandon them, Vanessa. And I actually think it's possible I'm going to back them. I don't really back horses at, at sub two to one. And the listeners should know I have an abysmal record. The reason I don't is because I, I, I don't even manage to uh, tip or pick, should I say, 33% winners. So it's a, it's, but this horse, I think he should be odds on. I mean, that was such a take and comeback. We all know what a talented two year old he was. His three year old campaign was a bust due, due to injury. But that visualization when he gets his beloved heavy ground is a very hard horse to peg back. He'd won his, he was race fit, he'd won it in Nays previously, and then he backed up by winning in uh, the Curra the subsequently. He's a, he's a proper horse given those conditions. And I mean, Lorden was niggling away at Point Lonsdale, turn up for home. And I thought, well, he's not going to give him a hard time. He'll run on, but he won't be able to go by visualisation. But the the, the Lonsdale is just a warrior at the turf. He was having none of it. He dug in and ground him down. I think Lorden gave him four backhanders. So he was relatively kind to him. He definitely had more in the tank. Now, technically... Mujtaba is the highest rated horse in this race, but I mean, you know, you know, a romp on heavy ground in a in a back end Newbury handicap. I I I suspect the rating might might better, and I definitely think that run in the curve was worth more than one hundred and thirteen. I think Point Lansdale is clearly the best horse in the race. He's tactically versatile. I don't know what they're going to do with Fox and Tails, but I mean, Ryan Moore's going to make sure that this isn't a dawdle because he's a very strong stare. He won't mind the ground at all. I think he should be odds on. So um, I, 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 I will back him. Um, but I, and I don't back many horses. It's up two to one. OK, there we go. Case made for the fab then. We don't need to add to that. Obvious case made, really. But TC, I'm predicting that you have probably found an angle in away from the favourite somehow. No, no bet. Oh, no bet race. OK, that's fine then. Um, and Dan, over to you. What about you angling yeah. away from the favourite? Well, I put this down as one of the race that I did have a view on, and I'm not sure I really do. I, mean, I think, <laughs> I think Bren, Brendan is probably. I said Brendan. That's what, I said Brendan. Bren. That's what my father-in-law. Um, uh, Mushtabar is the potential angle again. I mean, Brendan's possibly right. His back end form in the mud, maybe it doesn't piece together. Uh, but he has got a positive profile overall, and he's one of those haggis animals that you guess will just get a bit better with racing, but he hasn't been out. Point Lonsdale's got the fitness edge. Um, I'm not going to have a bet. That's what my overall opinion is. But if there is one to beat Point, Lon- Point Lonsdale, I do agree, half agree with Brendan that he's mudged about, even though he's very much in the camp of Aidens. All right, then. Um, on to the Chester Cup we go. Big race of the week up at Chester. What they build up to over there uh, is on 3.15 on ITB on Friday. And Falcon 8 is 11-2 at the top of the market to win the race again for Dermot Weld. Ryan Moore in the saddle. He's got stall four, and he comes here off the back of a fairly lengthy break. Metier is next for Harry Fry at 11-2. Safi Osborne has been booked for that ride, drawn in stall 14. Zoffy in there, stall three at 6-1. to one. He had a good season last year of going a little bit off the boil. Call My Bluff out of stall two is 7-1 to one for the Dominic French Davis team. Obviously, horses near the top of the betting are those well-drawn ones, with the exception, really, of Metier. Dan, I will start with you for the chest cup. Unpick the puzzle that is, please. Yeah, my first put of call was Falcon 8, but then you see he's an eight-year-old now, and 
I mean, I thought it was interesting last year. Frankie gave him too much to do, didn't he? Came from, he had a basically a hopeless task from where he found himself. Stole four, great. You can take a, encouragement from the last week, so far as the stable's concerned, because they had to hear a clear second in the Guineas, and he had a winner, I think, the day or two prior to that over in his homeland. Um, but yeah, just the fact we're dealing with an eight-year-old and he didn't win it last year in his or even finished place in his bid to follow up what he'd done this, the campaign before. Good old Rajinsky's here again. He's solid as a rock as usual, but I'm I'm sticking half to what I know and going with a jumper. And I've long thought Tritonic will stay long distances on the flat. Mm. And I know he's not the horse he was when he won that Betfair Exchange handicap hurdle la- the season before last where he was tanked through it under Heskey and Ledley. He was very impressive that day. He possibly hasn't lived up to those heights since, but he's definitely been getting better. Last run over jumps at Aintree was a more positive one again. He'd shown a bit more the time before that. So finding his form, his last run on the flat, or his penultimate run on the flat, was a win in a Goodwood handicap where he got there late. Holly's on. Stall eight, I don't mind. Mid-div, it's probably have him in mid-div anyway, so she might need a few gaps to open up, but oh, Tritonic was interested. Now he's going over a, a proper distance of ground. Okay, Tritonic is 11 to 1, but opened up at bigger prices than that. So it's sort of been slightly nibbled at in the market. Um, TC, I'll come to you next, please, for the Chester Cup. How are you playing it? I I half um, hope Tritonic wins because I want Max McNeil to be grilled about recent events by the uh, interviewer. But um, yeah, one for Wade In on Monday. Um, Is that making the Wade In running order? It probably is, isn't it? I don't know, it's a bit curious, isn't it? Anyway, um, no, I hope it gets stuffed and I hope Call My Bluff or Calling Winds, uh, Calling the Wind beat it. Um, Call My Bluff's very, very straightforward. Um, if you want to play him each way, the sportsbook are playing five places, but I've played two win only. Call My Bluff's one. He's been nibbled out already, but I just think he's very solid. One for one at the course, pretty much ground versatile. Comes here off the second to novel legend last time. He was beaten six lengths and he's gone up two pounds for it. But you know, the winner's a very short price favourite for the, the for the Chester plate at the end of the card on Friday. And he just bumped into one there. Um it was nine lengths back to the third. Uh if he runs to that level of form. Um, he could be another winner for the resurgent Dominic French Davis, who just had a winner at Chester. Um, uh, so yeah, I think he's very, very solid. He's one of six that are prominent races in here, but he normally six, second or third. That would be absolutely fine from his low draw. Uh, and I thought calling the wind is is very solid. I mean, I, he's tens with the sports, which is his biggest around. And with the five places, I think you'll get, I think you'll get a very good run for your money. I mean, he, he'll, he's a typical Spencer ride. He'll sit last. He'll try and weave through the pack. Um, uh, and be delivered late. And with so much pace there, he may well do it. I mean, stays brilliantly. You know, he's Queen Alexander third, Cesaret's third, ran all right on his comeback at Wolverhampton. He's down to a mark of 100. Um, if you're looking for soft ground form, he finished third in a November handicap on bad ground a couple of years ago off a £3 high mark. I just think the race could be set up for a, for a Spencer masterclass. And for once, mm-hmm. I hope he drops him in on time and on the line. So, yeah, two, okay. two, two win only against the field for me. Calling the wind, tens. Call my bluff is now sevens. Uh, over to you, Brendan. Are you continuing the theme? Irish trained favourites at Chester? Uh, no, I, 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 don't, I am. Well, uh, 
the sports book are very much keeping Metier on side. They they haven't joined Fav, and I'd be inclined to agree with them. I I think he's as likely likely a winner as as any. He's gone moody over hurdles. Now he, he you could argue he's gone moody on the flat too as well. He spat the dummy out in Kempton and in an all weather race back in February. But his two other runs on the flat for Fry, he's won the November handicap and he finished second to the highly progressive Wise Eagle last uh, time in Musselburgh with a, a mile back to the third. He got three pounds for that but I, I, I think it's probably fair it looks like strong form to me the slight worry is that he missed the break that day and if he was to do that from 14 here he could have serious problems but hopefully Safi can get him out of the stalls he likes to race prominently so he, he should be able to take a reasonable position here I'm fairly confident he'll stay he'll relish the ground I mean Tony was saying it, it was it was heavy there yesterday I, I, I can well believe that the horses get beaten a furlong I don't think I've, I've ever seen any, anything like it, but but he absolutely uh, relished the ground. As I said, I, I I think he'll stay, and if he's on one of his going days, I I, I do think he's the most likely winner of the race. Okay, uh, ITV Racing wraps up on Friday from Chester with nice, tasty-looking maiden stakes. And Brendan, you're the only one that wants to talk about this. So I'm hoping that you've got a very strong view, but Betfair Sportsbook doesn't currently have the prices up. Okay, well, uh, the, the the favorite Banderas is going to be around even money. They, they, just something to note for the listeners is that medieval gold is in is in the derby, uh, and I mean Banderas on two of his three runs, he's run to to a good level, very promising debut in, in Newcastle and a close second. In, in Newbury the last time when he when he travelled like the, the best horse in the race. He just had that nagging concern that he was beaten at four to six in Southall on his his, his second start. Um, I, I won't be having a bet in the race, but um, the, Banderas by far the most likely winner. Okay. Uh, and also we're sticking with you then uh, for just the one race at Ascot, Brendan. That's the 150. It's the seven furlong handicap there. Uh, it's just the one race that ITV taking it, uh, are taking. And it is in these shoes is your five to two favourite for Charlie Johnson. William Buick's down there. Racing breaks rider. Very progressive horse. His next best in, well, joint top favourite, sorry, five to two for Charlie Hills and Kieran Schumacher. Scholarships in there. Also on the upgrade at 11 to four. Dark Trooper for Ed Walker at sevens. Uh, there's plenty of cases to be made in here. Competitive enough, Brendan, but you have found us a bet. Well, yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> going to take it. I'm going to take a chance on the rag that OJ lifestyle. So I, I have this theory that uh, the progeny of Glen Eagles progress more from two to three than than most. I don't think I'd want OJ's lifestyle, would you? <laughs> no, 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 no. So I was uh, in the uh, white Bronco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's 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 a, he's a free man now, so I suppose he's, he's probably still. Yeah, he, he got found not guilty, didn't he? Yes, but then he, he stole some memorabilia. Yeah, that's he, what well, I was he said it, he, he said it was his memorabilia. Was, uh, I think that um, it, it was one of these situations where the stewards were waiting for him, and they gave him a good uh, <laughs> they gave him a good do doing for stealing. Why was he called Orange Juice? Well, well OJ. His, his his initials are OJ. <laughs> And the Americans call orange juice. <laughs> and OJ. that's what you call orange juice, <laughs> OJ. Save that for Wade in. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, 
Back to the OJ lifestyle, uh, me, me taking a swing at, at a big price. Yes, I like the, the Glen Eagles angle. Now, he's probably most famous, this horse, for winning a maiden at 125 to 1. Came as a savage blow to the bridge jumpers around the second of four to nine. But that was a good maiden. <laughs> even, even, even by Newbury standards, that maiden has worked out very well. Now, he didn't really back it up. He, he ran he ran disappointingly in Ascot. I suppose his running chance for behind pink climate. He probably ran to a similar level of form that he... To, uh, as he did in, in Newbury but he's, he's off a mark of 88 if you did believe that Newbury run you could definitely make a case from off that mark I'm not sure about the ground uh, Ascot heavy ground that, that that's a big concern that there are definite question marks about him but he is 16 to 1 Vanessa so he, he might just be interesting Brendan is an OJ believer and supporter let's move yeah. on Saturday at Ascot, Dan Bond's face. <laughs> Dan, we can kick off with you for Saturday at Ascot. Um, obviously, TC's already given us a rain watch, so who knows how much rain would have fallen on Ascot by the time we get to these races, by the way. But we move on to Saturday, uh, and we kick off with the 1.30 on ITV at Ascot. It's over the one mile, four furlongs. Nathaniel Green is three to one market leader high fiber next for harry fry once again booking sappy osborne at five to one sir rummy for kevin stock richard hannon at five savvy knight 11 to two um saratoga golden there for charlie hills at eight but dan i will come to you first here those i haven't read out the whole field there's loads more in there but that's the top few in the market yeah i'm, I'm inclined to give an old favorite I'd say all favourite. It makes it sound like I've punted him loads on his one races, but not really that. Just I think he's a very likable old horse, and that's Rhythmic Intent, who's who's basically fairly predictable, isn't he? And that's he's not that old. He's only a seven-year-old. We're about to talk about um, accidental agent in a minute. He's about seventeen. Yeah, he'll be smoking soon if he isn't already. Um, <laughs> Rhythmic Intent, very effective on bad ground, and in fact, he's almost reliant on it. And he's got this weird pattern of appearing to run dreadfully on his reappearance. And then spring him back to life. He did it two years ago. He did it last year as well when he finished placed. And he's got to do the same this year. And in fact, it wasn't that chronic a run. He finished sixth of eight, beaten 10 and a bit lengths. And he wasn't given unduly hard time on one of those days on Epsom testing ground where they all came near side and everything was a real hodgepodge. Another horse ran on the same card. And that was Sarumi who got the rail and never came back to them. I thought he was a bit flattered by that. We discussed him last week. Uh, when we did the Salisbury race seven days ago, and we discussed Saratoga Gold, that race that was canned, I thought he was quite interesting. But you've got a slight concern, I think, of whether he'll get home on this track uh, with a stiff finish. So rhythmic intent to continue a pattern of leaving his reappearance behind, and he's down to 93 now. He, was, he won a mallard off 95, so he is well in. Okay, Brendan. Surely you're backing the outsider again, or favouring the outsider again here, given what he's called, and clearly a horse named after you. Um, just one second though, to like high fibre, high well. fibre, high fibre. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one scoop operator. This, this, this is a, I want to be an Airline music, good. though. That's yeah. very kind of you, Vanessa. I'm, uh, I'm feeling the love here. Uh, you, you might not have much, have much more love to give after you see me tipping another fav 
but I did, I know, I know. But I mean, there's, there's no point in just tipping a horse for the sake of it. I mean, I do like this Nathaniel Green. He's just still unexposed. He's an <coughs> aggressive three-year-old. Won a Haydock handicap on soft ground, indeed, in July, beating none other than that Gia Valletto who was third in the ledger, roast in hot form. Then he was put away. Well, I don't know if he's put away. Maybe, maybe it was a ground thing. I don't know exactly what happened, but he didn't run between July and October when he was sent for a valuable York handicap, Vanessa. We know that William Haggis likes those York handicaps. He likes everything. I York, haven't been he? told that before. <laughs> <laughs> Please do expand on that little angle in. It's, it's, it's I, a neat I, one. Uh, well, 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 I thought it was important to get to, 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 to get it in. And, and also, I think I get bonus points for mentioning when York isn't actually on. Like that takes some skill, doesn't it? So I managed to, to I managed to wedge that in. He then he was, he, was, he, he was fourth that day. A little disappointed. He then went to the November handicap and disappointed again. But interestingly, he went off five for the York handicap and second five for the November handicap, which would suggest that the ultra shrewd William Haggis thinks that he can be very competitive off a mark of 90. There's no reason why you wouldn't make a better four-year-old. He's fab for a reason. And I think he'll win. Lovely, lovely, jubbly. Over to you, TC. Uh, one thing we're lacking from this pod so far is someone reading out form figures. Do you want no, to do that? Sure. I've got some of them. Here with... we go. Take it away, sir. Um, <laughs> William Haggis. Uh, some of his horses have been under a bit of a cloud. He hasn't had that many um, runners in the last fortnight or so, but he had a winner at uh, Chester on Wednesday, and obviously he's got a very good chance here. But two things, and Nathaniel Green, there's no pace in this race, and, no, and Nathaniel Green has gone forward in the past, so that could be another plus uh, for Brendan. But And he's undoubtedly well handicapped on that Haydock run. I mean, Giovelato was only running off 92 there, and he still chinned him. Um, the one thing that would 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 worry me uh, is that he wore cheap pieces when we're in at Haydock, and they're not on here. And I'm just what you know. Haggis might just think the horse doesn't need them, but I just think the lack of headgear suggests to me maybe maybe there's another plan. Um, it's just a curious thing. Uh, that York York could be the plan. Could be. He likes having winners there. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> But he owns half of Yorkshire, doesn't he? Just try uh, to get Haggis's farm figures up lately to prove no, his... No, 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 no. Don't worry. I've got the form figures angle sorted later on. Uh, in short, I'd like Nathaniel Green, but the lack of cheat pieces put me off. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the half-time break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18plusbegambleaware.org Let's move on to the 205 at Ascot. Um, Brendan, I will come back to you here because is it going to be a William Haggis quickfire double time? This Melody is your favourite in the Phillies handicap over a mile at 100 to 30 and the way this pod's going. If you're just going to say yes, just raise your hand and we'll just move on to TC. Okay, right. Not very good for an audio means. I, I, yes. I, I, can, I can make a good case, though. Like, the, the, she's fab, but, I mean, the, the, the winners 
what is she? 100, 100 to 30. Would the listeners like a 333% return on investment? Would that be something they might be interested in? I thought we were going to say a 3300 to win 10 grand. Yeah. yeah well, uh, well uh, sorry, Vanessa. Brendan, I don't know why I'm taking the mickey out of you. These well, horses indeed. are favourite for a reason. Timeless, even I think, I don't go near favourites, but I think Timeless Melody is probably more of a two to one poke, isn't she? Well, she certainly... Go on, Brendan, take it away and I'll add to it. Well, 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 I appreciate you taking the love baton there, Tony, because Vanessa has, has turned on me and ruthlessly. But Timeless Melody just looks very well treated off 80. So she went for 65K as part of a Godolphin dispersal at the back end, picked up, picked up by these connections and sent to Haggis. She goes, she goes to Leicester over seven furlongs, bottomless ground, and took an age to get going, but was well on top at the line. Now, that totally makes sense. She's, she's, she's very stoutly bred. And uh, the last time Appleby ran her, he ran her over 11 furlongs. So this extra furlong is going to be right up her street. We know she'll handle the ground. The four that Leicester race can probably run to the same level. With, with, with a sec, second subsequently. The third has gone and won since. Now, that was a Pam Slice on Dinster, so you probably wouldn't take that too literally. But the fourth has won two handicaps still, since, albeit at, at a lower level. So the form looks really strong. That uh, Kempton maiden that I mentioned earlier over 11 furlongs, she was a length behind Hello Jamira. That reads really well in the context of a filly with, with, with a mark of 80. Um, she just, she's guaranteed to handle the ground. She should relish the trip. And I think the handicapper has missed her to a degree. Okay, well, that is, to be fair, that is a very solid case made. TC, do you have anything else to add about your 130 favourite currently? No, I had six positives marked off and Brendan's ticked them all. And, uh, yeah, I, I like that love baton angle. Yeah, I might watch that film later on, actually. The <laughs> love baton. Okay, <laughs> okay um, I have a problem now. Because I, do my, after that. I, <laughs> I have a major problem. Uh, no, we're moving on to the 240 at Ascot and it's the Victoria Cup. It's obviously the big handicap on the card. There's a lot of money up for grabs and there's some old favourites in here. But I currently don't have the market up, TC, because my odds checker is telling me forbidden. Why is that happening? I've got a forbidden status at my end here. I'm not entirely sure why, but I'm hoping my internet is going to hold out for this race. I can uh, help so if you want. No, it's, it's Sportsbook of six places. Uh, yes, obviously, people can go and have a look for themselves. I mean, the best odds in the marketplace with Betfair Sportsbook, six places. What more do you need? Well, um, I'd like, like can, we, can we have a little readout of what's running? Obviously. Yeah, go on, let me, what's running? Yeah, well, yeah. Got, well, just you know how we tend to do on this show, so people have a bit of an idea of what's near the top of the market before everyone gives their selection. Okay, um, we have uh, Baradar six to one favourite. Uh, then we have Kingdom Come sevens. Then we have uh, eights, totally charming, fresh, and last year's winner Vaffortino. Nines with a nymph and fourteen to one and bigger. The rest. All right, there you go. Uh, do you want to take it away off the back of that TC with your selection? Yeah. Uh, Probably going to be tipping a non-runner here. Oh, <laughs> but I think Porotto is absolutely stands out from a handicapping point of view, and he's um, he's moved from Marcus Trigoni to Roger Varian. Now I think Roger Varian that's got to be a trainer upgrade. And now and that's saying and that's from someone like me who thinks Varian is probably the most underperforming trainer out there, given the quality of his horses gets sent. But um, Varian's had a very slow start to the season. However, 
His recent form figures suggest he is running right into form. Runner since the 7th of May, 1127 422 going into Friday's racing. So there are, see, there are your uh, form Love figures. Love so it. Running into form. He's got a real, real handicapped horse here of 97, Parotto. Won a Balmoral off 99 when, with Trigoni. Went up to be rated 110. It's now down to 97. And the last time he ran, he was he ran over a mile in the Balmoral. Now, that is a... Um, I thought he was going to come and win that uh, on the rail uh, two furlongs out, but he petered off a bit. I think seven furlongs in testing ground will be fine. Now, he, all his best form has been on fast ground. Uh, but he's only won on... Only won once on soft ground, and time form actually called it heavy, and he ran perfectly well. So a new trader might be not pigeonholed this horse as a soft ground performer, which is why he's here. Uh, yeah, and like I said, I mean, the pace in this race, there is pace in one, but the, mostly the pace is in 18, 19, and 23. And Perotto on the near side is drawn in 21, and he's, he'll, he'll be produced late. Uh, providing the ground isn't that bad and they'll let him take his chance. I'm I'm willing to back the horse win only. Uh, I, I won't be backing him with the places because there's blowout potential on the ground. But yeah, Perotto for me is the best handicapped horse in the race. Okay, Perotto for you. Dan Barber, over to you for the Victoria Cup. Yeah, simpatico again. I mean, it's one of those where you look through a big field handicap and just as soon as I saw the name and I saw that Varian had got hold of him and it means a He's a horse I've liked for ages when he when he won that Britannia years ago on the back of getting out of a real pickle at Goodwood. He's just a special sort of specialist in these type of races. Tony referenced the one run, which was in a valuable sales race at two on ground time farm called Heavy, where he was fine. He, he was placed. And some data on recent renewals. Um, not since 2012 as a horse in single figures won this race. Last year, it was 27 beat 26 beat 28. The year before, 24, 17, 25, and prior to that, behind the winner who was in 10, Kate Byron, six of the next seven were in 15 mm. or 16 and higher. So there is a real track bias to this, and he's in the right place. I, he doesn't shape to me like a horse that, you know, you, you associate fast ground horses with being travellers who quicken. I mean, he's just played late. I think, if anything, slow ground might suit because it might allow more of a pace collapse for him to run into. Yeah, I just think a new trainer has different ideas, doesn't he? And presumably, yeah. it might not even have been a plan anyway with Trigoni. It might just be well, he runs at these big summer festivals because he's a big, he's a high caliber horse, and they tend to be run on quickish ground. But Brenda, do you think I'm being unfair by labelling Rare in a bit of an underachiever, given the quality of the horse he gets? Oh no, 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 very much so. There, there, there are certain trainers that that I don't back and. Number, well, certainly high on the list on the flat in England would be Roger Varian, and the oh. same for the for the for the very same reason, Ollie Murphy, um, on the, the National Hunt. I don't know what they do with these horses. They they, they get horses to cost six figures all the time, and they they just they just disappear. Um, I I I don't know. He's a very he's very he's a very likable guy, Varian, and obviously he's had some tragedy in in his personal life. So so I, I wish him all the best. But I don't know if, if, if the owners just look at him and he looks so studious and he's so young and they just say, oh, well, he must be a, a good trainer. But the the, the the main thing that Varian doesn't have to worry about is just because we don't rate him doesn't matter because some highly prominent owners send him some very valuable stock. So he seems to be going well. I don't understand it either. Okay. That's well, one you... thing to add to the very... He got another horse off Trigonin last month called Island Star who won first time for him at Kempton. Ooh. 
Okay, looking to do the same again. Uh, Brendan, the boys are in agreement. Are you too? Well, I could be about to be exposed as a fraud when, when, when Dan came out with his uh, uh, draw by his angle. But I, I, I think as a working theory, if the ground is deep at Ascot, I, I think it's reasonable to say that the far rail is generally the place to be, but maybe Dan can come back and just. I just can't. Uh, it just all oh, confusing mess to me. When, no, it, it is. It, it, it yeah. is. And I mean, they could arrowhead. You cannot underestimate the. You cannot underestimate the arrowhead. So I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen, but there is pace low with Zip and Rebel Territory. And this drew me to none other than Ropey Guest. I mean, it must be the Victoria Cup because Ropey Guest is making a seasonal debut, as he did when, what have I got here? He was sixth off a mark of 98 in 2021. He was fifth off a mark of 93 last year. He gets in here off a mark of 90. Now, he's a very difficult horse to win with. He's two from 33, but he keeps the best of company. What a horse to own. Second in a Royal Ascot Handicap, second in a Bunbury Cup. He loves it, Dad. Yeah, I, I absolutely loves it at Ascot. He's ground versatile. Uh, Betfair Sportsbook paying six places. The last two years, you would have got paid the place part of your bet. He's 20 to one here. And I'm going on the working theory that you want to be drawn low but I could look like a right clown after this race. But I mean, even if they, if there is no no trouble, there will be a bias of some description. But I I feel like Dan's onto something. Just forget about the draw and just try to to, to back horse. He looks a bit overpriced to me for a horse who's almost certain to run his race and gets a good setup here. All right, T. Uh, no, sorry, we can move on to Haydog. Uh, for just one hurdle race we're covering on Saturday, as I've already said, we're not doing Lingfield Car because of the declaration situation. So we've just got one to take from Haydog, and it is the Swinton Handicap Hurdle. It's over just shy of two miles, 3.15. And Brentford Hope is currently 5-1, to one, joins at the top of the market with Biker, who's sort of 5-1, to 9-2-ish. Teddy Blue is in there at 8-1, to one, Paramount at 10. Those are your top few in the market. Brendan, I'm going to come straight to you because we're going to continue the theme. Well, I, we are. Irish train fat. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to respect Charles Burns absolutely and getting the the, the, the four year old announcement. But you know who else I respect? That Harry Derham. He wasn't sitting on his hands and ditch heat, wasn't mm. he? He's, he's had a, a fine season, very promising trainer, and he's done a good job with this Brentford hope. Now, uh, look, come on now. Harry Derham is like the blue point. He was just destined to kick start with a bang. Like, Don't have though, have they? A lot have been yeah. Henderson who took a while to get going, for instance. Okay. Hmm. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's proved you're right, Vanessa, and uh, he's absolutely flying the umfla. And I think he's got a real chance of bagging a valuable handicap here with this Brentford Hope, who we got from Richard Hughes. Uh, he hadn't won. He hadn't won in a couple of years when he got him. So got him to win a penalty kick granted in, in, in Canton. I liked what he did the last day, though, uh, against a, a well-regarded sort of Henderson. I mean, he, he I thought the Henderson horse was coming to take him, coming to the second last. But Brentford Hope really dug in like the fire still burns bright. We know he was rated, I think he was rated up to 108 on the flat at one stage. But he, he was a talented horse in the flat, which would suggest a mark of 123 shouldn't be beyond him over hurdles. He likes to take a prominent position. Position, he should be able to get reasonably handy here. Now, he's still inclined to clout the odd hurdle, but I mean, he's a novice. What, what are you going to do? If you want to get them well handicapped, you have to take that chance. But hopefully, his hurdling holds up in the hurly burly of a big field handicap. And if it does, I think he's got a favourites chance. 
a favourite's chance, but not the Irish horse in here. I'm very surprised. Uh, TC, have you had a look at our one jumps race we're covering? You have a bet? I've had, I've had a few bets already, all on the oh, same horse. Oh, here we go. Luna Sovereign, Luna. another ex Nichols assistant who's presumably best friends with the National Handicapper at the BHA because some of his horses, just as we've touched upon on numerous times, get some really good treatment uh, off the handicapper. And Luna Sovereign's another one. Now, he's only having his second start for him. And he, this horse was a decent horse with Fergal O'Brien a couple of years ago. Third in a dovecot uh, when he was rated 132. He made his debut for Skelton recently at Chepstow, I think, uh, off mark 125. And how should I put this? Um, Lorcan Williams didn't throw the kitchen sink at him on his first start since June 22. I thought he shaped brilliantly well. And I bet Skelton just could not believe the horse got dropped £3 for it. Normally, you'd, it's a seven-year-old. You just think first run back, maybe drop him a pound or just leave him there. So he got dropped £3. He's dropped a mark of 122. The biggest plus is he's actually got in here 17 of 17 in a maximum field. So it could have worked against him, but he's actually scraped in at the bottom of the weights. When you get into the bottom of weights, it's always scraped in, isn't it? So it's another racing cliche that. But yeah, he just looks absolutely, you know, prime for this. Given the back form for Fergal, given the handicap mark, given the promise of the comeback run, given that, you know, Skelton in two mile, big two mile handicap hurdles, as we saw at Cheltenham again, he's absolutely mustered. Yeah, I think I think Luna Sovereign twelves is a is a massive price. Yeah, I I, I back him at eight to one plus. It wouldn't surprise me okay. if it was, it was a big gamble. You use the term "through the kitchen," didn't throw the kitchen sink. I always wonder where that where that comes from. Who threw a kitchen sink at who? Does anyone know the origin of that? Well, saying? it's just every, the saying comes from everything but the kitchen sink, doesn't it? So it's like you've, uh, you've exhausted uh, everything else you can good. throw. Really, what I learned on my trip to America? Did I tell you guys that I went to America? Um, <laughs> but guess where the saying "different strokes, different folks" comes from? Does it come from the TV show? Um, was, was that be for Charles Burns after uh, his his run on Wednesday? One of his runners. <laughs> different strokes different folks comes from Muhammad Ali and he obviously is from Louisville which is where I was from and he oh. said that in relation to like when he's when he's fighting different fights he was talking about two different guys he was fighting and he was like you know it's different strokes different folks different ways of fighting is that midget from different strokes is he dead Gary Coleman <laughs> is yeah was he yeah Rest that was quite the sentence it, it, it was OJ over the weekend i'm gonna go oj and find a better uh nickname for oj simpson than orange juice i'm, I'm sure i can come up with something better than with all right i think i think we've somewhat digressed here but i'm not gonna lie i think that was a little bit my fault but let's try swing it back round to the swinton hurdle Overweight uh, yeah. <laughs> who wants to go next dan come on we're nearly at the end of this show Take it away, please. Yeah, I was just looking back. I sent a message to a work Slack group on March the 27th saying, Derren win the Swinton with Brentford Hope, question mark, having seen that he got hold of the horse. And I haven't seen much to change my mind, and I'm sticking with him. He's an extremely well-handicapped horse. He's the type of horse that will thrive in a well-run handicap. And as a previous winning owner of this race back in 2009... Jojo Star. Good old Jojo Star. That propelled Brian Hughes to greatness, I think. Um, he 
Practice. I mean, you have a you have a a sort of th- a theory in your mind with a lot of these big field handicaps where they're going to go so fast they'll set it up for a hold-up pause. And the pace holds up in this race every single year because it's a sharp track. We've had a lot of rain in the northwest in the last hour or so. I'll report that, but it's, it seems to have stopped now. Um, and he'll, I think, he'd be in a perfect position. He'll travel strongly, tracking the pace. He's got a turn of foot. He's a very classy operator. A bit. The, the concern with rain is not that he doesn't handle bad ground because on the flight it was perceived that he needed it to some extent. It's more whether it becomes more of a stamina test than he probably wants. But he's definitely my first choice. And my backup plan is Paris Encore, who ran well in the Scottish Champion Hurdle when he was out of the weights. He's off his proper mark this time, and which is £4 low. He ran perfectly well. He gave a complete course specialist in Albert's back a proper race earlier in the campaign at Weatherby. And as he's got sound form and he's entitled to be sharper for that run. Okay. Are you just last point to you, Dan? Are you one of those people who, when did you send that text to a work group about Brentford Hope winning this? If he wins, are you one of those people who like screenshot it? Being like, no, oh, I am. I'm definitely not one of those people. No, I'm spending as little time on Twitter as possible these days. Yeah. I think, I think that applies to many of us, to be honest. Um, right. It's time for naps, guys. And we've covered plenty here. TC. Gonna come to you first. Surprise uh, me with your nap. Actually, you know, if, if I knew I was getting better FSP of about 130 timeless melody, I could go with that. But I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna know my fate early on the nap front. And I'm gonna go with Pride of America. Ah, yeah. Okay. And when he wins, I'm gonna probably Google King Wild Keats of America and stick that up on Twitter and go boom. Lovely, mm-hmm. yeah, nice, nice. Uh, Brendan, who is your nap of the weekend, please? Well, I've never managed to actually tip a winner. Uh, nap a winner. Uh, my, my nap, should I say, has never won. Uh, <laughs> we need to clip up that first sentence for, for <laughs> social media, though. <laughs> that's, that's I've never actually tipped Brendan. a winner. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what a ringing so, endorsement of this pod. So I would quite like to. I would quite like to have a winning nap. And so in that case, I will tip in the 240 at Chester on Friday, Point Lonsdale, J-B-F-W. What's his, what's his true price, you reckon, Brendan? Come on. 8 to 11. No okay. hesitation. No hesitation. Dan Barber, your nap, please. I'm going for the Swinton and I'm going for Brentford Hope. Lovely. Well, because of that early shout and the screenshot that is incoming. Um, (laughs) Something for us all to look forward to. Right. That wraps up the show, everyone. You know the drill by now. Please enjoy the weekend, but please do gamble responsibly and join us again on Monday. No, there's not TC. There's not an offer. I'm just just putting it in there. I don't want you to have to do a re-record. Well, that's true. We don't want to do a re-record and you're right to check me because you know I can forget the old offer from time to time. But on this occasion, I've actually not forgotten the old offer because there is no offer. Gamble responsibly. Have a good weekend. Join us again on Monday for Betfair's Wade In podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>